You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Happy Wednesday, friends. Hello, food coders. (laughs) We are doing a casserole style today uh, podcast. It's a Q&A. If you guys know, we love Emily Frisella. I love them so much. Mm -hmm. I actually, um, I was listening the other day. They live in Ulysses Grant's old house. It's like a very large house Mm -hmm. on a lot of land in St. Louis area. And they talk a lot about how that's haunted. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I could not handle what some of the stuff that they say that they like experience like downstairs it's like the doors slam shut all of like all these things i'm like uh-uh Mm-mm. nope we would be out i would be so fast out of that house like <laughs> yeah some people actually like chase those things and mm-hmm. look for you know mm-hmm. haunted places and ghosts and stuff like that i don't know yeah i probably freak out and also run out of the house and stay in a hotel or something i just i'm such a baby mm-hmm. and i have like have zero shame about it nick we never watch scary movies because i will i will have nightmares and i like ha- i don't know if it's my vivid imagination mm-hmm. and i just but i'm gonna have to i think carson's starting to get into the stage we, he talks about monsters a lot and so i'm gonna probably have to get into a place where like I have to be the bigger person because I'm the parent and the adult. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to woman up. <laughs> so anyways, um, she, Emily has a podcast called curious M and me. And, um, I just love listening to them, her and her friend that do the podcast together. And so they were talking about their Q and a kind of mashup, just things they want to talk about and they call it a casserole style. And I was like, I love this. Let's do it. I love casseroles mm-hmm. and I love bowls. Mm-hmm. We should do it a bowl style. That should be ours, bowl style. Bowl style. Because Liz and I, basically, most of our food gets thrown into a bowl. 100%. Just throw things together. There's that 100% again. <laughs> <laughs> People tell us all the time, you guys say the same things over and over. But yes, we do use bowls so much so that I probably clean my bowls every other day, all eight of them. We only have three good size bowls. And so I'm constantly cleaning them. One of them broke. Need some for Christmas, I feel like. I, can't. I asked, you know what I asked for for Christmas? A weight vest. Oh. And my Christmas list is like healthy person epitome Christmas list. I asked for I asked for blue blockers. Blue I asked light. for a weight vest. I asked for new slippers because constantly cold feet. Um, and then I wanted to ask for Mariano's gift cards mm-hmm. or Meyer gift cards because I just need more help buying groceries. Yeah. Like that is my life. I want a weight vest. I want <laughs> blue blockers because I'm on the computer all day. And I want money towards groceries. Groceries are so expensive. It's insane. We went to Mariano's with Marcus. It was a fun adventure last week. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday night that we went. And we only went in for like three or four things. But of course, mm-hmm. you just end up buying other things. My child was throwing so many things in the cart, <laughs> running through the grocery store. I heard him the aisle over just like destroying things. Apparently, he started throwing things into another lady's cart <laughs> and art was trying to stop him i mean he had like mountain dew honey nut cheerios all these things anything basically at his level that he could mm-hmm. grab mm-hmm. he was putting into the cart and so really appreciate your help but we weren't buying carson carson <laughs> is in the mom look at this look at this look at this look at this i'm like carson i'm gonna keep you i'm gonna leave you in the car 
I don't care if that's a safety hazard. You're gonna, I can't handle this. <laughs> you come out in your car with like flashing lights, windshield wipers going everywhere. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're gonna do a Q and A style today, guys. These are basically questions we've either got we the we wow we have either gotten on Instagram, social media, or common questions that we get from people in our client calls, on our group calls, all that good stuff. So number one, digestion. We talk a lot about digestion. So how can I support digestion? I have been dealing with gas and bloating and tried eliminating things, but I still don't find that I have great digestion. So what do we do? Let's dive in. Well, we are going to keep this generic because we don't know you. We don't know your health history. We don't know if there's, you know, really like true issues like in your gut with bacterial overgrowth, yeast infections, things like that. I don't know what your bowels look like. I don't know if you've got loose stools, if you've got diarrhea, if you're constipated, right? There's a lot here that we don't know, but let's start with the very, very basics. And number one, I would ask like how, like what have you removed in terms of you mentioned that you have eliminated things, but still don't have great digestion. So what have we eliminated? How long have we eliminated those things for and how strict have you been? Because we see a lot of people who will do like halvesies <laughs> on going gluten-free or dairy-free or think that certain types of you know, dairy or certain types of gluten are okay. And yes, there's definitely higher quality dairy, higher quality f- sources of gluten. But if there is an issue in the gut and you are eating things that you know are causing inflammation, bloating, and gas or fermentation in the gut, we need to make sure that we're being pretty strict, I would say a minimum of two weeks before we evaluate or before we remove other things. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of different types of fruits and vegetables that can cause mm-hmm. gas and bloating. But more importantly, how we eat is one of the biggest things that you can do in terms of where to start. I would even say doing this before you start just going straight to elimination, because a lot of people don't think about that fact that they eat on the go. They're in a stressed state. They're rushing. They're inhaling food and they're inhaling air as they are eating very quickly. So this is one area where I would say a lot of gut issues or digestive symptoms that you're having can kind of clear themselves up if you can get pretty consistent with how you eat. Mm -hmm. So got to breathe guys. This is one of the biggest things and it's today's society. I think um, fast paced, always doing something, never sit down to eat. Like I I'll be honest, Liz and I are not great at this either. I can't remember the last time that I sat at a table and ate lunch during a workday. Like, without my computer in front mm-hmm. of me. And it's it's hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard. We've been doing it more at dinner. We have been having dinner as a family together. So like we sit at the table, no TV, nothing like that. Um, breakfast, again, I usually eat breakfast as I'm opening up emails and working. And so do you eat on the go? Constantly in a stress state. Usually what we recommend, take five to 10 deep breaths, slow down when you're eating, chew your damn food. Like, Pay attention, especially if it's something a little bit tougher to break down, like red meat or a steak or something like that. Are you chewing this until it is basically mush in your mouth? Like you should get to the point where it is almost liquid within your mouth. You have chewed it 15 to 25 times. It is broken down completely because that all starts the rest of the digestive process. A lot of times 
we think that we think of the digestive process as like being mainly in our stomach and beyond. Um, no, it starts before you even put food into your mouth. It starts with the thought of food, the salivation that starts to happen, that the digestive enzyme creation that starts to happen. And then a lot of breaking down happens with the chewing. The rest of it happens in the stomach. So we need to kind of understand that all of this plays a role. You know, your brain, your pancreas, immune system, gastric juices, all of these are involved in digestion and your body creates them with the first thought of food and consumption. So starting from that stressed out on the go state where you're just shoving things in your mouth is not going to be super healthy for setting up proper digestion. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it's called rest and digest, right? When you get into what we call the parasympathetic state where you are in a calm state. So one thing that I've been doing, because no, not every day it's possible for me to put the computer away and sit down and eat lunch. While my food is warming up, I will stand and I'll practice deep breathing. So I've been doing like five to 10 deep breaths. As I sit down, I'm very cognizant now too of putting my fork down between bites, chewing my food well. If I need to read something or type something, I will pause with my eating process and kind of just be more mindful of even when I am taking a bite of things, I'm focusing on tasting that food, chewing it well, and then I'll put my fork down, do a task, right? Have another bite in a minute or two. So there's a lot of tactics that you could use there. But one of the best examples that I heard recently, and this is one of the instructors that I'm studying under right now, she's like, you know, everybody just basically eats in the state that they're being chased by a bear. Do you think that when you're being chased by a bear and you're like running frantically away from this bear, your body is worried about digestion? Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Right. And so it's a north to south process and we need to do everything that we can to support your body with how you eat. And then everything that happens downstream gets impacted by that. Right. So for example, if someone is seeing a lot of, you know, food in their stools that hasn't been broken down, that goes back to that mechanical digestion of you're not chewing your food well enough. You're basically inhaling your food, taking three or four bites um, or three or four chews, I should say, and then swallowing it. And now you're putting a lot of stress on your gut. You can't expect not to have some backlash because your body is basically designed to give you these signals that, hey, I'm a little bit too stressed right now. I need some extra support. This is where I would start before I would even mention anything about supplements, mm -hmm. other elimination, because most people can heal a lot of their symptoms. Not everybody, for sure. Because if there's bacteria, you know, overgrowth or H. pylori or candida, SIBO, things like that, then you're going to need to have some other targeted supplements. But how you eat still matters. Yep. All right. Next question. I feel tired in the afternoon and feel like I can't work out because I just want to take a nap. So there's a lot here again. Guys, this is, this is why we can't just like give information to very individual specific situations because there's so many questions that we come back with. Like number one is likely that the blood sugar is a little unstable. So come the 3 to 4 p.m. time frame, if we haven't been eating consistently throughout the day, if we've had like higher carb meals, if our body's not tolerating carbs great in that phase of life due to some level of insulin resistance, if blood sugar is getting out of range a lot, this happens a lot with like inconsistent meals. Um, you see very, you know, big highs and lows in blood sugar because people go too long without eating. And then when they do eat, the body kind of sh shoots blood sugar up much higher than it normally would if it's getting consistent intake in. So if you're crashing in the afternoon, I would look at what your meals look like in the morning and lunchtime. Um, and then also we would start evaluating sleep. Like mm -hmm. how well are you sleeping? 
you know, how much sleep are you getting? Are you getting sunlight throughout the day? Are you getting any type of movement throughout the day? Some walks, stuff like that. You guys, Liz and I both take pretty good care of our bodies. If I don't move at all throughout the day, I get pretty tired come like 3 p.m. You got to get up and move during your day, even if it's a short 10-minute walk, speaking of. We're doing that after this We're doing that after this. Um, I always use the term like, or the phrase, energy creates energy. This is so often seen if you get into a place where like you're not working out consistently and then you find it harder and harder to get going. Like... I want to work out. I'm just so tired. Just start moving. Like just start moving. If you're tired in the afternoon and that's your limiter, get in the gym, just start something. Because you guys, I'm tired most mornings at 5 a.m. when I wake up to go and work out. But once I start moving, once I get going, my energy comes to me because I am creating energy through the movement. So sometimes it's literally just like you got to suck it up, buttercup, and get yourself going. And then you will start to feel the better energy. Yep. And I think you always have to remember that your body can only do as good as what you give it. Mm -hmm. So if you are eating sporadically and consistently, you're eating high carbs. So let's say you're starting the day with coffee and a bagel and there's no protein present, right? And then you're maybe skipping lunch or eating on the fly and you've got a sandwich, very little protein, again, little fiber, high carb, high sugar, right? You're probably riding that blood sugar Mm -hmm. roller coaster that we always talk about. And so you have to just think about this is kind of a routine that you've created, right? This is a habit that you've created. And so even just like if somebody wants to get up earlier in the morning, you have to work to create that routine, right? You have to change your sleep schedule. You have to change your time that you wake up and be consistent with that. And then eventually your body responds. I would say the same thing here after work is you've probably just kind of you know, trained your body to be tired at this time because of all of the other factors that Becca just mentioned between sleep, lack of sunlight, lack of movement, Mm -hmm. inadequate protein, poor quality of food, things like that. Again, we don't know all of the answers here because we don't know this person um, and their health history and what all of these things that we're talking about looks like. But just remember that you've got to get out of this routine essentially. So you might just need to start with forcing yourself to go for a 10 to 20 minute walk after work when you want to lay down. And I Mm -hmm. think you'd be surprised how good you can feel again, once you got that fresh air, once you got um, moving. Yep. The next question is here. um, What are the top three things that hold people back? This was such a great question. I got it on Instagram a few weeks ago and it is a loaded question. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you our top three, but there was definitely a lot of other things that could be, you know, put here in place as well. Yep. Absolutely. I love this question because I think it's probably not what people think. So number one, not tracking when you go out to eat or consume alcohol. I think a lot of times people are like, it's just too hard to track. It's, I, I don't think it's very accurate. I don't care. Do it anyways. Like give me at least an idea because a lot of times people will actually realize like, oh my gosh, that was a much more calorie dense meal than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. For example, we went out to dinner last Saturday. Nick ordered wings and then as an appetizer and then I got a grilled chicken salad. It was like a very berry salad, which I'm sure many places have something similar. But I had one chicken wing. That one chicken wing, I'll be honest, was probably close to 300 calories because it was doused in barbecue sauce. I had a little bit of ranch that I dipped it in and it was like a hearty fried wing. And then I had um, the very berry salad, which had craisins on it. It had strawberries on it, mandarin oranges in it. It had a raspberry vinaigrette, which like was a thick vinaigrette. And so I know that it was very dense in carbs likely. Um, And so 
based off of what I entered and I tried to account for all that stuff, that meal was like close to 700 calories. And then I had a glass of rosé. And so altogether, I had about 850 calories at dinner. I accounted for that. I knew it was going to be a little bit more calorie dense going out to eat. Um, But you would think if I didn't track that, oh, I had a salad and one glass of wine and Mm -hmm. one chicken wing. People probably think that that's not that much food in terms of calories. It was pretty calorie dense. And I got, quote unquote, like a healthier option. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we don't track those things and we do that every weekend and we don't account for those things, you are likely pulling us out of a calorie deficit potentially or you know in this yo-yo state Mm -hmm. probably into a surplus i would say for Mm -hmm. most people because let's think about if you ordered like a cheeseburger and french fries and Mm -hmm. i only had half of the fries or maybe only had half of the bun or whatever it is well that burger is probably coming with other sauces on it other toppings on it and so if you look up some of your restaurants that you like to go to or you know wherever you dine frequently look on their websites usually you can find some nutritional information I'll give you an example Cooper's Hawk really like Cooper's Hawk um, but some of their salads as kind of Becca is saying I know their steak salad is over 1200 calories Okay, so you have that, plus you have maybe some pretzel bread that comes, or you have a glass of wine or two. You're looking at 15, 1600 calories. But if you don't look at these things, yep. you think again, I had a salad with steak, you know, protein, that's awesome, and a glass of wine or two. These things are just dense because restaurants are, I will say, we've ordered that salad a couple times to go, and they give you like half a cup of two different types <laughs> of dressings. Like they just, pour these things on, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I can't even ever have dressing put on my salad because it's just, it's too much. Um, so look at those things. I will also say that when you fail to track alcohol, you may or may not realize how much that is adding up over the course of the week. Or if you're having, you know, like two drinks, three days a week. Okay. Well that's six drinks throughout the week and you haven't accounted for that. Okay. You've essentially pulled yourself out of that cut a couple of days of the week. And so if you're working with somebody, it's important for them to be able to see that because you can't expect to make progress if you're only adhering half of the time and mm-hmm. literally two glasses of wine will pull you from that deficit, especially depending upon if it's sangria or something very sweet. Oh yeah. So yep. next one. All right. Not exercising with intensity or purpose. There's a lot of people out there that exercise. And I'm sure Liz sees this a lot more than I do right now. You go to an LA fitness Mm -hmm. or a planet fitness. Most of those people aren't probably doing much for themselves. Yeah. They're hopping machine to machine Mm -hmm. or I see a lot. And I did a story on my Instagram about this a few weeks ago, like the types of gym goers. So like you got the talkers, you have the like texters they're on the machine but they're sitting there on their phone maybe they're scrolling instagram who knows what they're doing i have no idea Mm. but what i can tell you is specifically at the gym that i've been going to there's one gentleman he's a very um cute older italian man i think that's his Mm. ethnicity maybe he's polish who knows but i literally see him there every morning and he gets there before i get there he leaves after i leave so he's got to be there for like two hours because most days i'm there like 75 to 90 minutes right now and He's just talking half the time, going to the machines and doing some things here and there. And so there's really no intense um, intensity there and there's no purpose. And so Becca Mm -hmm. and I talk a lot about you need to be following a progressive strength training program. You cannot just go to the gym and hop machine to machine and cherry pick the things that you like doing. I don't like doing the things that I do. 
half of the things in my workout sometimes, but they're effective and they're part of my programming. And so I do them, right? You need to have a plan and you need to be sweating. I would say, you know, there's a huge benefit to strength training, but we also know there's a huge benefit to getting your heart rate up, getting to a place where you're sweating, you're labored breathing. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you don't have any health issues, of course, but even for me, when my strength is intense, I'm breaking a sweat. Like this morning I had heavy sets of squats and I'm doing speed work right now. So it was as many as I could at 200. And then I backed down to 160 and there it was three sets of eight. And it's as like fast in terms of down and up. And then I of course pause and have a breath or two. But by the time I was done with those eight reps, I was labored breathing. Like I felt like I was doing like a, a more of a conditioning style workout. And I think a lot of people just go in and they just do their reps or they just go in and kind of go through the motions and they don't have that intensity. They use purpose. the same weight for three years in a row. That too. I you guys biggest pet peeve. One of my biggest pet peeves is like you use the 15 pound dumbbells that you've been using and you use them for every movement, squats, presses, bent over rows, like we got, we got to get stronger. Mm-hmm. The way that you want, you want your body to change, get stronger, lift heavier, do more resistance training. Okay. Number three, overthinking things. This is like probably by far the, the biggest problem that people have. You guys do the basics, do them well, do them consistently, drink water, get adequate sleep, keep food simple. I think food Everyone feels like food should be this like super exciting thing all the time. Like I need more variety. I'm getting bored with my breakfast. I'm getting like, it drives me sometimes crazy. I'm actually talking about this on my story today or on my live today in the post the day that this is coming out. If you feel the need to constantly have variation with your food, ask yourself why. Like, why can't we just have a simple meal? Because I bet even if you are eating super healthy right now, you aren't eating as varied as you think. You probably go out to eat and get somewhat the same thing most of the time, like some type of burger, some type of sandwich, some type breakfast sandwich. Like you probably aren't doing that much that different. And so why do you feel the need to have that variety? Food is nourishment. Food is nourishment to the body. And yes, food should be enjoyed on occasion. Like I think that it is very important to have food be something that you enjoy with your family and friends on occasion. You shouldn't need that every single meal of the day. And so keep it simple. If you are not seeing progress and you are not keeping food simple, break it down simpler. Like Liz and I's meals are pretty much some type of protein, some type of vegetable, maybe it's some type of marinade or sauce, um, a starch, rice, potatoes, some type of maybe pasta occasionally. Like it's very basic when you break it down. Yeah. And not every meal is going to be extravagant either. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, so let's say you want to make a couple of meals throughout the week that are a little bit more fun in terms of like you spent more time on that recipe. Doesn't necessarily mean they have to be more calorie dense, right? But let's say you made a casserole or you did skinny enchiladas or you did a burger bowl, something like that. Okay. Those things are fun, right? But I'm going to say 70 to 80% of my food is pretty much the same thing. Like I rotate through the same couple of breakfasts Mm -hmm. because I know they work for me. I know they meet my post-workout needs. My lunches kind of rotate. It could be leftovers. could be a bag salad kit or stir fry kit. And it's just that with a protein. Like, again, you're not going to look forward to every single meal. And I think this is where a lot of people go wrong is that they have this idea in their head that they should just be able to eat whatever they feel like eating and Ultimately, that leads them to poor food choices 80 to 90% of the time Mm -hmm. when it should be reversed, right? Like I think that 80-20 rule, I'm going to say that it's really like 10% of your food should be things that like 
are maybe a little bit more indulgent or extravagant mm-hmm. or fun. And the 80 to 90% is going to be those one ingredient, whole foods, healthy foods that you just pair together. And yeah, you can have fun with that, but we're talking about like 10% of your entire intake throughout the week is things that are more calorie dense or maybe mm-hmm. more indulgent. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it simple, guys. Don't overthink things. The Food Code Podcast is brought to you by Fit Mom Lifestyle. If you're interested in our individualized coaching that we always talk about and how we may be able to help you like we help our clients in accomplishing optimal health and losing weight and achieving their goals, you can click the link in the show notes and you can actually schedule a free 15 to 20 minute call with either of us. We would love to talk to you. All right. So last thing we're going to talk about today. What do you do after you overconsume or have a binge episode? Because this is something that, especially around the holidays right now, you know, I ate 10 cookies today or I drank way too much on Saturday night at a holiday party or whatever it is. Um, I think that the first thing, realize that that was a moment in time and move on from it. Mm-hmm. Like it, the only reason that it becomes a bigger issue is if you make it a bigger issue. If you dwell on it, if you say, screw it, I might as well just wait until January 1st, which is... 16 days away like we we end up turning it into a much bigger issue than it maybe could have been get right back to what you normally do get back to drinking water get back to moving get back to eating adequate nourishing foods don't starve yourself like try and get right back into a healthy routine and then you realize that it really probably wasn't that big of a deal in the first place and you got to sometimes put some rules in place I 100% agree you need to know how much you're accumulating as we talked about on Monday in the accumulation accumulation effect podcast, right? Like if it's three cookies here, four cookies here, three Mm -hmm. cookies here, right? Maybe they're small cookies and it doesn't seem like a lot, whatever, over the course of the month, these things add up. And so let it be that moment in time, instead of trying to punish yourself the next day and work it off or starve yourself because, you know, you need to cut the calories from the following day, just get back to your normal routine, drink a little bit more water, walk a little bit more, do your normal workout, maybe push some more veggies. I like to do more veggies and lean protein and I'll pull my carbs down if I've had like an indulgent weekend or just you know, had a meal out or we were on vacation, things like that. But I'm not trying to punish myself by cutting my calories or going to the gym and doing an extra workout. Like what's done is done. The thing that needs to be done is that you need to unravel why I didn't stop at my commitment of having maybe two in a setting, whatever that moderation limit looks like for you. Why did I continue to go to three, four, five, six, eight, ten cookies in a setting and start to do some of the mindset work? Because mm-hmm. We know that that is the biggest piece to making this change long term. And so if you overconsumed or you binged or whatever the situation was, you stress ate, let it go. The more that you dwell on it, you're probably going to do it again because you're mm-hmm. thinking about it, yep. right? Yep. Um, and like Becca said, maybe you're thinking like, well, what's the point? I might as well just wait till January 1st or Christmas is next week. So let's just enjoy the week you're just going to put yourself down. Like you're basically digging a deeper hole. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I I think that people don't realize you guys, every little choice makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't, I I don't want to put too much weight on that, but like, it's true. Every choice you make from now until the end of the year is impacting where you start the new year at. And so the choice to say, screw it, I'm just going to not meal prep this week and I'll eat out more, or I'm just going to have one cookie every day for the rest of the year or more than that, or I'm just going to enjoy myself. And then you 
increase your calories unknowingly by, you know, on average, like a few hundred a day, if not more. Yes, that adds up. That that adds up and puts us in a not great place. And so ask yourself, like, why do you feel the need to do that? And I'm not saying that to be like a Grinch and say you shouldn't enjoy the holidays or something like that. But I mean, how enjoyable is it if you wake up bloated? And we talked about on our Slay the Holidays group call this week. Take a trip down memory lane. Like perfect example. You know that bender that you went on and you swore off alcohol for the rest of your life the next morning and then like two weeks later you forgot that you swore off alcohol and you did it again? Like try to remember how awful you feel when you overconsume these things. Have too much sugar. Have too much alcohol. Have too much of these things. Like it's like we just forget. We like we black it out of our memory. That's something that's helped me immensely with moving on in my journeys of not binging anymore is remembering very vividly how I feel the next morning, the multiple days usually after I have a binge or have, you know, too much alcohol. And for me, I just finally decided like it's not worth it. It's just not worth it to me. And I had to keep that, you know, unfortunately scarring memory close in mind because that's what helped me make those changes. If we just live in this oblivious, like, oh, maybe it won't happen this time, or, oh, I'm just going to forget how awful I feel, or, oh, it's worth it, I justify it, whatever, you're probably never going to change. You have to learn from these situations. We have to learn from our quote-unquote mistakes or overconsumption periods. And if you really do feel awful, ask yourself, like, do I want to do this again? Mm-hmm. Write it down, too. Make like a, Take a sheet of paper and make a list on the left. How do you feel when you do these things? You don't feel so great, right? Write all those things out. My sleep gets interrupted. My digestion is thrown off. I'm moody. I feel bloated. I feel puffy. My joints ache. I don't recover from my workouts. Maybe I don't lift as strong in my workouts. Or hell, I skip the gym the next day because I feel so bad, right? Mm -hmm. Make a list of all of the cons. And then on the right side, make a list of all the pros. And remind yourself how good you feel when you're not doing these things. And keep that at the forefront. Because I agree with you. Sometimes we just get so wrapped up in the emotions and in the moment that we do just forget or block those things out of our mind. And then we find ourselves the next Monday morning feeling like crap again. And so I just had this conversation with one of our clients today. She's like, I just was doing some reflecting on my journey. And I can't even tell you how different this has been and how amazing I feel. Like I don't even want these things that you know, I did in the past. Like I don't feel restricted. So therefore I don't really want them. Whereas in the past when she felt restricted, she felt like she was missing Mm -hmm. out, right? That um, fear of missing out. It's definitely a syndrome and it's um, very real for a lot of people. But when you can think about it differently and you can make these choices for you because you have them, these choices are in alignment with your values and you have a different mindset and you have a different belief system now, then it's easier for you to continue feeling good. Right. And if you have a slip up here and there, which you will, everybody does, as Becca has said before, and we've talked about it with other guests on our podcast, like just because you didn't, you know, completely overconsume and binge the way that you used to, maybe you did overindulge a little bit. You are reminded now of how great you don't feel. It wasn't as extreme. It wasn't, you know, as frequent, but it will happen. Eventually, it's going to happen where you have a day or a time, whatever the situation is that you feel like you just overdid it a little bit and your body will remind you of how great you don't feel when you do those things. And so write that list out. And then I would even take it a step further if this keeps happening, write out what the event was that this or the, the situation, right? What was triggering you? Was it an, a place? Was it a person? Was it a day of the week, a time of the day? We've talked about this before with witching hour, right? 
then start to dissect that reverse engineer. What can I do to stop this cycle from happening again? Can I put new habits in place of going and meeting my friends at the bar for happy hour at the end of a long week. Maybe I can, you know, change that and go get a pedicure or a manicure or do something else that isn't putting you in that position to be tempted by these triggers. Mm -hmm. So lots of things that you can do, but at the end of the day, pick right back up, just move forward. Like you said, it was a moment in time. Leave it be. Don't make it more than that. Move on. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.